Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The Square Ball Podcast. Hello, welcome to the show. Brought to you this one by West Yorkshire Electrical, wyelectrical.co.uk for details of, uh, of all the services they do. For example, Michael, what's the thing that they're really proud of at the minute? They've got some roofers. Yep. Because they do a load of solar panels. What? An electrical company? Yeah. What? Why? Because the solar panels go up there anyway. So yep. they're like, well... While we're doing this... So we don't, we're not, we don't want a cowboy fixing your roof, do we? While we're doing this, do yep. your roof too. Yep. Excellent. The official blurb says, due to our growth in the solar sector, we've employed our own roofers so that we can keep the same quality of delivery across, across all aspects of our work. So we can now offer roofing services from small repairs to full re-roofs, commercial or domestic. Good. As well as all the usual electrical stuff as well. If it's got wires, they'll work with it. Fully accredited as well. Specialists in renewables, that's the bit, isn't it? With the panels and the... That's what they do, yeah. Yeah, EV chargers and stuff like that, and fire alarms and all all the wiry things wyelectrical.co.uk for details. Right, into the show then. Michael's here for the Monday show, which is nice because we're recording this straight after the game. You just come from the press conference, Phil. Uh, welcome. Yes. Phil Hay from, from have, The Athletic. You still there? have not even looked in the mirror, which is usually <laughs> safest. Yeah. Still at The Athletic? Uh, uh, yes. Yeah. Good. As far as, as, far as I'm aware. Yeah. <laughs> Unless there's an email waiting for you when you get home. Um, yeah. Um, well, this is the view from the press box. Talk us through that one then. It was fun, wasn't it, the Preston game? Um, bits of it were fun. Bits of it were a slog. Um, big, big win. Needed to be. Needed to be. I think if um, if two two points go begging in that game, it looks and smells very much like the playoffs, doesn't it? There's so little leeway for Leeds at the moment, so little scope to to drop points that um, I think that would have been the the overwhelming vibe um, at the end of it. There was a good amount of niggle in that today. There seemed to be suggestion after as we spoke to Rodon and, and also Farker, the press match uh, post match press conference seemed to be a suggestion. I thought in what they were saying that there was a bit lying over from the Boxing Day game, which had annoyed everybody and frustrated everybody at the Leeds end, and obviously pleased everybody at the Preston end. Um, I, I was going to say it's funny, isn't it, that um, the post match comments Ryan Lowe has gone me 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 me, me penalty handball. He did. He did not like the penalty. No, it was handball. I've seen a replay was, now it, since recording the match ball and starting this one in the ten minute period in between times. I've seen the video clip now. It's handball. It's handball. VAR would have given it. It does spin off his body to a certain extent, but his hand it's not is going not quicker, in a, is it? No, and it's not in um, his hand is not in. It's not, it's it's not, speed, not in it's a natural. Not, it's not speed of position. handball, though, is it? Ryan Lowe seemed to think that Rodon's challenge to get on the end of the header was a foul. He's uh, wrong. Should have been penalised. Fair enough. I thought it was a penalty. I also think not a huge amount has been made at that moment where Cornell came out of his box uh, to challenge yeah. Dan James, and that a hundred percent hit his hand. If you're going by the IFAB rules, that's probably a yellow card um, because it's not a obvious goal scoring opportunity, but it's what they would call a promising attack mm. um, and got away with one massively with that. But I thought the penalty was the right decision at a point in the game where, don't know about you, didn't feel like it was necessarily coming. I at felt that stage. I felt there was a light winner in that you one, but then so? I'm, I'm always stupidly optimistic. What I was going to say about Ryan Lowe is, is that he said that he would now 
use this as motivation for his players going forward. But it kind of mirrors what happens happened, sorry, with the, the Boxing Day game and the way that Leeds channeled that into their approach today. Uh, approach today, yeah, I thought you were going to say into approach generally and then sort of lost at West Brom four days later. But yeah, you, they like to they like to leave a foot in De Preston, without a doubt. And I think Leeds did a pretty good job for, for most of that game of avoiding getting badly sucked in. There were just little moments like that trip from Ledson on Gruev, which was just like wonderfully, wonderfully cynical. They're the best. They're the best challenges. Those where it's just absolutely blatant. A good solid yellow, yeah, like yeah. Good, good solid um, clip of the heels. But I mean, Rodon was was steaming in at that point. I say with a couple of minutes left, it felt like that the sort of game that had the potential for a massive all in at full time. You yeah. know, just that kind of bubbling under the under the surface. Leeds deserved it, I thought, without playing brilliantly today. Twenty uh, shots, it, expected goals, two point five four. I thought were the better of the two teams. Preston definitely stuck in. I'll give them credit as well for coming and playing in the first 15, 20 minutes, coming in and properly having a go. I mean the, the early goal helped them as well. But they, they weren't quite as passive, certainly not initially as as some other teams. They did end up in the low block for quite a lot of that um as well. Um but the penalty itself was interesting. I don't know if you, you saw Rodon running from the bench. We were asking both of them afterwards what what had gone on at that point. Rodon didn't want to say because he felt it was um Farker's place really to explain what had been said. But Farker basically told us Pirro had to take it. You know, mm. it was Pirro taking it, irrespective of whether Bamford was holding the ball or you know, Somerville was was fishing for it. Pirro's the best finisher. Pirro had to to do it. Great penalty in those circumstances. Just, you know, really cool, really cold, buried it, big win. Yeah, we were saying on the match ball, weren't we, that um, both of us were of the opinion that they, they between them, the players that were involved in that, knew who was taking it quite early there. And it was just a little bit of kidology or a little bit of, you know, it's just, it's a recent recent development, isn't it? People do it, you hold the ball, draw the attention away. So if they start trying to mess around with you, get in your ear or whatever, which would have been right in Preston's wheelhouse today, wouldn't it? And yeah. then it's somebody else who's stepping up, can just stay in the zone or whatever. So if you're an analyst worth your salt, you'll now say to, uh, to your players, whenever Bamford's got the ball, get on Piro's case because it's going to get passed to him and, and he'll take it. But you do see you do see lots of that. And I'm with you. I actually felt like that was the way it was going to go anyway, that Piro was going to take it. But I think Farker's attitude was just take no risks with this and make sure that the message is crystal clear that it, it has to be his. When, so that went repeat in, of Stoke. when that went in, Phil, what was the sort of general feeling around the press box then? Because we were saying from our fans' perspective on the match ball, we were just being completely juvenile and shouting fuck off, fuck off to the, <laughs> to the away fans. <laughs> yeah, no, not too much of too much of that it was big result though as I say I, I, you could feel it in the crowd as well I think because it was kind of limping towards one all I mean it wasn't really limping people were flying into each other but as it was creeping towards that scoreline and, and that result at full time you knew that it would do some damage to Leeds that and that they probably don't have many results left in them like that that they can afford to afford to take and afford to suck up it did need a, a win today and it was a really, really important goal. Continuation of some really good home form. I mean, that's what, 14 games unbeaten now, 10 wins. Um, and okay, it was scrambled, but it is like the, the sort of staple diet of results that we're used to um, at home at the moment. And I, I thought as well, and I've written about this tomorrow, I thought it was a really big performance from Rodon again mm-hmm. today. After, yeah. what, after what was said about him on Friday, you know, Farker really not, not disguising that he'd like to sign him permanently, I don't think, and that there's a good chance that Leeds will. I, I thought he was really good. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a fan. Please, yes. can we, please, can we keep him and so on? Well, I think I, I've very much strayed from the question of is he actually going to be good enough? You know, he looks really good in this division. No question about that. He looks a cut above most centre backs, and I like the fact is that all 
like basically every facet of what you'd want in the championship he's got for a centre back you know he's good at the defensive things he's, his anticipation his covering runs are great he's really his strong his decision making is good isn't it yeah it is but he's good in possession as well so I kind of have him down as the best loan signing leads I've had since Ben White who mm. coincidentally did all the same stuff I think fair to say did it better again hence why he, he was so expensive but I've, I've certainly come round to the, the point of view that Rodon in the Premier League for the right price would be, and this is, you know, making the assumption that, that leads go up, but but trans- I did say this to Falcon Friday, I'll put this point to him, that transfer departments do tend to plan windows ahead. You know, they don't just deal in, in January and then bounce onto the summer. For the right price, Rodon in the Premier League, I think is is well worth a look. Disgusting that you've uh, you've taken this opportunity to slight Western McKenney again, saying the best load signing. But, uh... Uh, well, yeah, no, uh, him accepted. Uh-huh. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think Ampadu's yeah. doing well there as well, and I think yeah. Ampadu being back there has given us a chance to see. How are you saying it? Groif, Gruev, Gruev, Gruev. Bryn has started saying Groif, 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 like Groif, but with a gr. Are we? Do we think potentially he's having Bryn on there? He's like, no, say it as Groif. But anyway. But seeing him in his proper position, he now looks useful all of a sudden as well, which is nice. Yeah, his anticipation's good. I thought, again, played pretty well today. There was probably, and this is not a new thing, but there was probably a bit too much lateral passing when done parts of the games where it really needed a spark. And I think, again, it doesn't really matter if you get there in the end. The kind of result justifies the means. And Leeds have had enough wins this season to to mark them down as a good team and, and really capable team. But I think that was part of the reason why it did run so close today was because quite a lot of that game was lost to a lack of penetration, lack of kind of ideas at the top end of the pitch. But they're in a really, really good position, Leeds. I was going to say, just looking at the table, and you remember my incredible discovery, like... uh, like the finding the Dead Sea Scrolls was going into Fort Oh, Mark. is this the home and away? Yeah. The home and away oh, is it still fantastic. going, is it? Brilliant. They're still doing the table. <laughs> that actually, I was just going to say, that actually puts us um, as having the best home record in the division now, albeit Leicester have played a game fewer so because at the time of recording, they haven't played the Monday night game against Ipswich. But 34 points from 14 games is is quite something, isn't it? It's not bad at all, that. Yeah, so what what is it? Eight points dropped at home, uh, 11 goals conceded. It's quality record. Goal difference. Absolutely quality record, plus, yeah. Plus 20, yeah. which is quite quite good isn't it in the in the full table they are also doing that's the one they'll measure it by by the way yeah. at the end of the season the they, they go, go off, for, they go off that one I feel we're, like it should we're not, be we're not reverting to calendar year and no. how many I feel like how many sh- days spent in the top two it should be the home it should be the home record I, I'm feeling mm-hmm. for automatics maybe but um, if they do insist on using the overall table we're not sitting too badly now uh, you'd like that gap to be smaller wouldn't you but it's just a case of staying in touch I suppose until the opportunity presents itself but crucially there is a nine point gap now to West Brom who are just behind us yes yeah so it seems hard to see how Leeds won't have the legs to make sure they finish top six now, but it is still very much all to play for. And like you say, if the, those 46 game merchants insist on <laughs> judging it over the entire season, then that's how, how it will go. Southampton's form does feel pretty ominous. But in saying that, considering how long a run they've had now unbeaten and how many wins they've had in that streak, Leeds are still right on the tail. It's not as if they've lost touch, lost lost contact. So it's still still right there. The game against Norwich presents a, a fantastic opportunity, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, to get to get the points on the board. And they always say, don't they? Points on the board better than games in hand. I mean, it doesn't necessarily translate to anything into anything in real world terms. But from a psychological point of view, to have us on 57 and them two on 58 midweek would be quite something. But got to go again, haven't we? That's the thing. We've seen as well that things can turn as well. Like in the under Bielsa, we had spells of looking... Invincible, and then we'd go on a run of getting three points out of 
five games and all of a sudden it's, you know, it, it can appear to be unravelling. Mm. So all the teams have, have got that in them too. It's not yeah, just a Leeds so. thing. I think so. So just bloody unravel then. <laughs> yeah. Do it quickly, for God's sake. <laughs> yeah. Oh, if, if you want to unravel, do it just, just in time for yeah, the final just, game of the season. Collapse completely. Yeah. Although I have started, I realised when I was walking up to the ground today, I was walking around the back of the South Stand and I started thinking to myself, oh, quite a fancy winning at Wembley. <laughs> no deal. <laughs> talk, talking myself into it. No deal. Yeah. I'm, ju- I'm just looking actually at the, the promotion season. Yeah, I think three up against Cardiff, we were on the back of winning like seven, eight in a row. And mm. it felt like we were, there was absolutely no stopping us at that point. And then all of a sudden there was. And it, it that, felt was like, a, that was an incredibly weird game. That it, was yeah. It. So we kind of go and beat Birmingham, but then there's a long spell of just losing a load of games in there. So mm. if Southampton could put together something like that from this great winning run. It was interesting. Did, did we look at the? Uh, was it me who was blathering on about looking at the table from the promotion? Yeah, it would have been home time. and away table if it was you. No, probably. be nice. Whether I was, but we were one point behind, basically. Um, yeah, the same point as in the, after the same number of games. Sorry, as, as in that promotion season, we were one point before this game. Worse off. So I just wonder what that does. Does that kick us slightly further ahead? It might do because we had that bad run of form, mm. didn't we? In New Year, although at the end of GA. So yeah, we, there was that little little dodgy patch around. January, February, leading up to Forest away. I think actually um, we'd be no worse off because our, our game, we didn't have a game for 10 days between QPR away and Millwall at home. But anyway, by the by, yeah, we're sitting, we're sitting okay. We're sitting okay, it's, aren't it's we? going, It's going well. I mean, this is why, this is why when you discuss the transfer window and what they should do and, and what they are doing and how it's all going to pan out, it, it's, it's hard to address it with any kind of real anxiety because you don't feel as if they're in bad shape at all. I mean, the, the irony of Rodon playing this this well is that when it comes around to doing a permanent deal for him, you don't imagine Spurs are going to ask for less than they were asking in the summer. No. You know, like £50 million in the summer. He's got less go, time on his contract go, though, Phil. Going to go up from there. But having said that, nobody in the Premier League really gets out of bed for less than £50 million anyway no. these days. But, you know, I still think cover in the right areas makes sense in this window. I think the big challenge they're going to have in the time that's left is finding players who are good enough who are going to be able to say to you are going to play a lot or who are going to accept being told you might not play that yeah. much. You know, In the same way as if you're saying to Liverpool, we'll take Carvalho, but you know, Ruther's in there and, and he might not get much of a game. Liverpool are going to say no and Carvalho's <laughs> probably going to say no thanks. I was going to say, you've only, you've only actually got 80, 18 games left now. Mm. Yeah, so it's not, it's not many to sort of bed somebody in and give them a proper run in the team, is it? This period, I think, is is probably going to decide quite a lot because they've got some long trips and some awkward games Friday night um, in Bristol early kickoff at Plymouth midweek game at Swansea those are those are games that you would mark down as need to win if you're going to finish top two but which haven't been scheduled in a way which are which, you know which is particularly helpful I don't think the kickoff today was great either you know it's it killed, so the, killed the atmosphere yeah there it? was very little little atmosphere I'm not sure who is really benefiting from that at all but Sky that's too, Television Yes, yeah, um, that's two faintly ludicrous kickoff times against them in the space of of a few weeks. So to get through that with with a win today is um, is big, I think. On transfer stuff, by the way, just to dispel a rumour or confirm it, I don't know. Nonto injured or going to West Ham? He was injured today. Yeah, no, Farker said that his press injured on the way to West Ham. Yeah, yeah, why not? He's Both, limping yeah, to West Ham. Limping, yeah, limping, <laughs> hitchhiking. Um, he had a hip flexor muscle injury. Uh, Farker said on. Friday and pretty much said at that point he'll miss the game same as Strike Strike's going to miss all three I think this week Do you remember what it's like being in your 20s? 
I sometimes look back at that period of my life and laugh just as much as I cringe. If you do the same, then you've got to watch Queenie, the new original series on Hulu. Who is Queenie? Queenie is a 20-something year old living in London. She's facing all the firsts. First major heartbreak, first shitty apartment and soul-sucking job, first therapy session to work through those mommy issues. Can she turn her quarter-life crisis into a revolution? Maybe. Will she make some questionable decisions along the way? Definitely. All episodes of Queenie premiere June 7th, streaming on Hulu. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Hey, it's Sharon, and here's where it gets interesting. Raise your hand if you want salon perfect nails for just $2 a manicure. Yeah, me too. With the Alvin June Manny system, you can say goodbye to expensive services that take hours and hours and love your nails more than ever. I would know I've been doing it for years. Get 20% off your first Manny system with code PERFECTMANNY20 at alvinjune.com slash PERFECTMANNY20. That's PERFECTMANNY20 at alvinjune.com slash PERFECTMANNY20. Let's talk about Junior Furpo and Dan James, if we could, please. Because I yeah. think they um, they probably... Do they take the headlines from this this game? Um, Furpo with the assist for Dan James's goal, for a start. Great cross that. Slightly overhit pass. Um, so not easy to to dig it out. And I don't know. I, I just can see a little bit of confidence coming from Furpo. So his injury happens on Wednesday then, yeah? Well, this he's forever going to be this mystery, isn't he? And I, I was watching him doing some of the better stuff today. And... I mean, I, I have to be honest, over the piece with football, I've not been a fan. You know, I haven't mm. looked at him and thought, yeah, you know, great signing. Totally see why they did that, how it works, how he fits and everything else. But you do find yourself saying he was good, really good at Real Betis. Barcelona wanted to sign him. So on that basis, there has to be something there, surely. Yeah. You know, there's got to be something that, that makes all that happen. And he did look good going forward today. And as I say, that was a, that was a quality cross that for... James and, and it just nipped the, the early goal in the bud before it started to become a frustration yeah I was there was a point at me which I was as I expressed that nagging Leeds United doubt coming into the game is this the day where it all starts to fall apart because I don't know the, the non-traditional kickoff times like lunchtime on a Sunday and I've not I've not sat right with me all season this season it, it, it seems to me like the midweek games and the weird kickoff times of and I don't know if I'm imagining that or if it's just me or what but they've been the ones that I've not felt quite as much uh, fun as I say a Saturday afternoon three o'clock the lesser spotted Saturday afternoon three o'clock yeah and there, were, there were no real there were no good vibes at Deepdale I didn't think and it was a bit like that today as well it was quite flat but then it would be wouldn't it 12 o'clock you hardly woken up yeah no. I thought the atmosphere did get going though the, it did, the more, it did, the more yeah. niggly the game got yeah. that helped massively um, it just helped everybody to invest for the last sort of five or, or ten minutes and as I say it went from a game that kind of felt like it was just drifting away to a game where it felt like it could end in a mass brawl at the end everybody you know? loves a bit of argy-bargy don't they yeah. when, when a tackle flies because they've basically eliminated that from the game now haven't they like they've taken a lot of passion the out referee, of it the referee today did a good job of letting it go <laughs> Yeah, what did you make of the ref? What, he was not, he was not what, particularly great. What today, was the consensus there again in the press box? The consensus was because Gra- Graham's giving him four out of ten in his yeah, YEP report. He was missing a fair amount, uh, misjudging quite a lot. I thought the the handball between him and the linesman should have uh, or assistant should have spotted that, and 
is is quite a big a big moment. As I say, I don't think by the letter letter of the law that's a red card, but it could have been given as a red card. You know, the referee could have could have seen it like that. But I suppose in the end, it was a penalty, in my view, um, whatever Ryan Lowe's saying, and he has given that, and that's decided the game. So I don't think you know four out of ten seems about right, but you know he can go away saying I did at least get it right when it mattered. Mm. Yeah, we were saying on the match ball, weren't we? It's funny that we've we've come in having won a game with an injury time penalty that's been given to us under you know questionable circumstances from the perspective of the away team, and yet we're still moaning about the ref. But I, I don't know. Maybe it's just is there a dearth of them at, at this I level? Just, I just think more and more it's possible to moan about the referee every game. I don't think I don't think this season I've spoken about them much in, in the sense of being critical. But I didn't think he had a particularly good afternoon. I mean, Lowe was was particularly unhappy with him. Afterwards, um, no, I thought, I thought Preston got away with a bit, but then at the same time, did pick up a, a quite a large number of, of yellow cards. There were certain challenges um, from Leeds players that that could have been could have been yellow cards. The, the big moment that got away was definitely the, the you know the handball mm. outside the box, and the big moment that needed to be really big moment that needed to be called was the penalty, which I thought he got right. I think it's hard to referee these games as well because they are Preston were so physical. If you love the ref so much, why don't you just marry him? <laughs> you probably get to a point Honestly, where you're like, well I, well, I can't give a free kick every time. Yeah, I've got to let some stuff go. Otherwise, it's just every time there's a challenge. I'm, yeah, they, I'm get, giving... they get in their own heads, don't they? But they yeah, do. I think refs must be like, well, I've, already, I've given like four free kicks here in a row to Leeds. I can't give him another one, even though, yeah, he, he obviously has just shoved road on. Put it this way, do you ever find yourself sitting there saying, I wish I was refereeing this? No. Oh, God, no. I mean, obviously, awful, obviously maybe job. you do, because then you could just cheat and, yeah. you know, yeah, give leads yeah, everything. Yeah, yeah. I, I feel I'd be biased, but the most childish ref I'd, I'd have sent off about it, a dozen players. <laughs> that anyone who spoke to me, be like, fuck off, go on. <laughs> it's a red for you. Anyone else want to speak to me? No. For the um, for the Coventry game, I got the guy who runs our kickboxing club a couple of tickets. It's the first time he'd ever been to Leeds game. First time he'd been to any football game. He's not really been into football at all until we got talking about him. We blethered on about Leeds, so he started taking a bit of an interest in his father-in-law as a Leeds fan as well. And I saw at which the, point uh, people start uh, kicking each other in the face. Did he ask that? Yes. Yeah. Um, well, we'll put it this way: not somebody to particularly start a fight with mm. outside the ground. But when I got to the club on the Monday after the game, the first thing he said to me was, "Why does anybody want to be a referee?" I said I was just sat there listening to everything that was getting so, said. Saying, psychopaths, Phil. You <laughs> said I don't, I don't understand it. Like it's just total abuse for um, and and the thing is, you get um, you sort of acclimatise that, don't you? You sort of think, oh yeah, well, it's just kind of how it is, which is not a good thing. But you know, that's just how how it tends to go. But yeah, I don't, I don't sit observing him trying to manage that today and think, why, right, what a doddle. And weirdly, at no mm. point today, for all the things I think were wrong about it, at no point do I go, oh. Miss VAR that would sort this out <laughs> everyone is still very much I don't know about a single person who, who misses VAR that's it because you know that once the penalty is being given it's being given so you can exactly. start you, so you can, can enjoy them. it yeah. yeah you can mentally process the fact that it's been given and you're terrified yeah. same, with, same with goals you know they go in if there's no offside flag and the referee doesn't do anything it's a goal and, and it does you know it does open the door for you to be massively frustrated when you watch it back after the game and think that shouldn't have been should have been allowed but if you'd had VAR today and Lowe was kind of making this point afterwards because he was having a go at both the challenge by Rodon and the handball itself, whether it should have been, you would have spent probably four or five minutes with somebody looking at Rodon's challenge, the way in which the ball hit, hit Ledson, where the position of his arm, you'd have sat there for ages just waiting for somebody to say penalty. And then, you're in, and then you end up playing 13 minutes of injury time, yeah. which in the whole yeah. game... I mean, it was, it was 10 today, but that was mainly because it took about three minutes to get the game going again. Oh, that's stupid, isn't it? I'm absolutely desperate for us to go up this season and I don't want to go up. 
Yeah, it'd be terrible. It, it, yeah, it's, it's the ultimate paradox, isn't it? Yeah, the problem is someone, one of the stewards was asking me beforehand, you know, is it better to stay in the Championship or to be in the Premier League? And no, I was saying, no, you eventually become like everybody else, don't you? That's uh, the problem. Well, you see, the thing is, I was saying to me, even if you don't like the Premier League and a lot of it frustrates you, there isn't a lot of point being in the Championship, is there, if you don't want to be in the Premier League? No, like, what, that's the point what, of what's yeah. it. All, what's it all about? So, yeah, it's not it's not easy. If, if Leeds do go up, we'll revert next season to... It'll be it'll be fresh again, you know, and it'll be new and be different teams. And, and the one thing I will say is, if you can, you'll enjoy the the best of the opposition more than you do in the championship. You know, mm-hmm. even when you're getting ragdolled at Manchester City, you still get to see De Bruyne doing. So you things. can appreciate them as bastards. They're not just well, bastards who you don't know. Yeah, and, and also they will occasionally do things where you think, you know, in the way that people at Peterborough were applauding Bamford's goal, where you think, I mean, I always think of that De Bruyne finish in the 7-0 at City where yeah. there's nobody closing him down so he just stuck it in the top corner stop you know? being nice about the opposition Phil we, yeah, wanna, we hate them all basically basically, you, you've got better players to watch and so on but what I was going to say is as soon as Leeds do go back up you revert to some of the old frustrations I suppose I feel more comfortable seeing Mo Salah look like Mo Salah rather than, <laughs> rather than Liam Miller look like Mo Salah against us which is something you have to face in the championship you're like is he even good why is he is he doing this every week yeah. it's not like, fair why is he trying so hard why is he looking good against us it's not, yeah. it's not fair this yeah. You can, yeah you can understand Mo Salah leaving junior fair policy on his ass can't you or whatever but anyway um, to, to the Wednesday game uh, they're coming thick and fast we've got Nor- Norwich who are in 8th position um, 41 points 13 behind us so they're in that kind of it's getting it's becoming stratified isn't it as the is this division now? You've got Leicester out in front at, uh, at the top, and us just clinging onto Southampton and Ipswich's coattails, and a, a few sort of milling around the um, the lower playoff places. And and you could say they're not far off being in touch with that Norwich. They're looking for the playoffs now, but um, they, they've got they, they got they, themselves they, through a dodgy dodgy spell. You know, it wasn't, right, yeah, it it was wasn't looking, good for them. He was, um, he was looking uh, a bit uncomfortable when we he, played. He them. was, yeah. yeah. After after that, defeat. Wagner, and, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, a little bit round about that. The, the sort of noise is a little bit like say. Hodgson at Palace at the moment where you felt like it was only going one way but but then again weirdly that was what we all thought about Fark as well that that team leads one 3-0 down there um, with Bielsa and, and on it went well you'll be, you'll be pleased to know I've had a look at the away form table oh, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that is, that's a thing you can do by the way it's on uh, fotmob.com yeah. uh, and they're 17th in the away table so they uh, well as a rule they tend to either win or lose there are fewer draws in their um in their season on the overall table, but yeah, they've lost seven out of their 14 away games. So, so where, where are they in the actual table? Uh, eighth, eighth, and they're seventh right, okay, for the right, seventeenth yeah. in the in the away form mm. table. Yeah, should we beat them then? I think we should. We are top of the home. I mentioned mine before. <laughs> yeah, yeah, top of the home. <laughs> well, apparently, well, by the time this goes out, oh no, let's yeah. play Monday night. Don't yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, okay, fine. But yeah, so basically, they're they're not amazing away from home, and uh, we are good at home. So it all points towards another home win. But you've got to reset and go from an absolutely. You know, like a flat base, haven't you? You've got to uh, got to do it all again. Just discussing the ridiculousness of, of VAR, by the way. There's been uh, Sheffield United have equalised in ninety plus thirteen. Oh, excellent! Excellent. <laughs> so that's how long yeah. it's gone on for with two injury time red cards in there too. Wow, really? Mm, entertainment. Like strangely good game. What a faff! Who are they playing? West Ham. Oh. West Ham are on the telly every week, aren't they? Have you noticed that? So are Leeds. Oh yeah. <laughs> I had some nice chance about Sky today as well. I'm sure the people at Sky appreciated that. Well, there's a solution. Mm-hmm. Don't put us on. Well, at all. And certainly not at 12. Mm. You know, like when your kids walk into things and you have to bollock them and you say, it's obviously going to happen this. And if you thought about it, you wouldn't have done it. It's a bit like sticking Preston on at 12 o'clock on a Sunday. Nobody's going to go, oh, yeah, fantastic. Yeah. 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 Daft time. What do you reckon for this Norwich game then? What, what are you feeling in your waters? Um, 
the the perfect scenario this week would be beat Norwich and definitely don't draw with Plymouth. Do you think there'll be any rotation? I wonder if Furpo maybe gets a rest and Bamford gets a rest possibly. I'm just thinking or that, does that, he do that does he do that for the cup game? The two injury prone yeah, people. They, they've got they've got the back end of this week, haven't they, to to kind of draw breath a little bit. Um and to What good's the back end of the week up. when Furpo and Bamford are in the hospital? Well true. True. Um <laughs> I, I suppose I, I suppose <laughs> there's gonna be a question, isn't there, of how long you want Ampadu to be at centre back. This could be quite interesting for me, actually, because if Gruev's playing well and Ampadu's doing well at centre-back, then it could persist for a little while. And, and it still isn't totally clear with Strike, you know, when and how he's going to be going to be back. I think when Barker spoke about this um, to us initially, he was kind of given the impression that it might be a week, a couple of weeks, something like that. And it's it's running on a what, little bit now. What is the actual issue, sorry? I, I think it's an adductor, a doctor strain. He hasn't been any more explicit than that at the moment, but he seems pretty content with Ampadu at centre-back and Ampadu looks pretty good mm. at centre-back. Him and Rodon seem to understand each other pretty well. So, whereas I think Ampadu as the, the pivot looks really good, always, um, or most of the time, Gruev's been decent, definitely has been decent. Mm. Um, so I, I guess it, it takes the pressure off. But you just wonder whether there's going to come a point where he feels like he needs Ampadu back in back in that zone for the... You know the slog of the running. What's, what's, what's uh, true? He's uh, not getting a rest, is he? As the, as the doctor, by the way, I know you, you're probably coming to me. Doctors are the group of muscles that go from the pelvic bone down to the um, inner thigh and knee. The muscles allow the, the hip and leg to move inwards towards the body, I knew and, that. and they also steady the trunk. What I do like is, is your you... trunk steady. Mine, yeah, 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 uh, yeah, like, yeah, absolutely. So I was just swinging about earlier, but I, I, fine. I, I've, seen, I've seen Dan's trunk in the flesh, and yeah, it yeah, was. It's yeah. a fine specimen. Steadier now, though, yeah. after all your swimming, looking yeah. better. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. You've lost maybe lose my train of thought now. <laughs> <laughs> Talking about my trunk, uh, and I was—I was, I was just going to say—it's um, uh, always fun when you see it uh, written down as abductor when some, somebody's misunderstood what the word mm. is because mm. an, an abductor is something very different from an abductor. <laughs> it absolutely is. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's not always a pan. I mean, you can—you you know which one it's most likely to be. But it's, <laughs> get in the van. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's not always ah, not always a pan. My, my trunk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of trunks, yeah. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, very good. Nicely tied together. Um, Norwich, yeah. What are they? What have they been doing recently? Sorry, uh, what's their what's their recent? They have they have, like? they have, have been have been picking up. As I say, that um, that was a particularly bad defeat for them to Leeds at a point where where um, Wagner was already under pressure. And I think the the thing that was quite noticeable in that game was the way at which the, the way in which when the pressure came on them in the second half, they really did get tight and started to drop deep and weren't trying to kill that game at all. They were, I wouldn't say they were letting Leeds back into it because Leeds had to play well in that, I mean, not played well, had to play well in the closing stages mm. to win it. Um, but there was a definite sort of, it, there was a definite air of this team have not been going along too well. Yeah. Um, so the, yeah, from Boxing Day, loss, loss, draw, win, win. Um, and obviously the first of those fixtures and the last, the most recent ones, both against West Brom away and then at home respectively but uh, yeah there's a bit of a warning from the from the away game at Norwich isn't there not to uh, to do what we did in the first half there and find ourselves 2-0 down that wasn't fun to chuck all the strikers on from the start yeah yeah yeah, yeah why not just, they panicked last time yeah do it from the off yeah I was, right. a bit, I was a bit confused by the shape of the team again today yeah. Farker sometimes does this with subs you kind of get scratching your head going so who's is there any midfield? Yeah. Is it just a one-man midfield? It tends to just be a one-man band, doesn't it, when the changes come? It's usually Ampadu, but it was Gruev today. It looked a bit like a 4-1-3-2 thing-ish. I thought it was a bit more... I did think it was a bit more structured today, though, when the yeah, changes yeah. came. It wasn't quite like everybody, you know, everybody run that way and get up front. Um, it did seem to have to have more about it. Although, as I say, I, you were saying you thought a late goal was coming. I wasn't. I wasn't quite so... 
so mm. sure. But I do think it was deserved. I mean, maybe I'm just retrofitting it. Maybe. Based on what happened. But yeah, I'm always optimistic. It's the home off. table that's doing it. That's, that's exactly what it is. Uh, we'll be back towards the back end of the week then, shall we? Uh, we'll reassemble and discuss what happened against Norwich and preview the, who've we got? Plymouth. Wow. Yes. Another home game, three in a week. At least we don't have to travel too far just yet. Although you will be doing the miles uh, in the games that follow that. No doubt, and there's a few longings coming up, definitely. Good stuff. Right, we'll catch you later in the week. We'll see you soon. Thank you. The Square Ball Podcast. Roundabout Season 2, presented by Nissan, is live now. And we're back to share more stories from the road and the memories made along the way. We're talking rest stops. If we're stopping to get gas... You will be timed. Misguided plans. I grew up in the city, so I have like, you know, a healthy fear of real extreme darkness. <laughs> a lot of laughs. Y'all weird, but you, yeah, you, you were different. And so much more. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Acast powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most. But if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com.